Hi, this is Julie. This is Liz. This is Sheila. This is Monica. This is Leanne. We are the Satellite Sisters. You are listening to Satellite Sisters to Go. You are listening to Satellite Sisters. Happy Cinco de Mayo, Julie. What are you doing to celebrate down there in Dallas, Texas? I, I was thinking of some guacamole, Leanne. Yeah, Having sure. some guacamole, guilt-free guacamole. That's yeah. what I think I'm doing, <laughs> going with today. Sort of, you know, for me, celebrating Cinco de Mayo was a little bit like the non-Irish celebrating St. Patrick's Day. So I don't want to overextend myself. I don't want to pretend it's my holiday, the holiday of my people. But uh-huh. uh, yeah, I did get, I'm going to make some tacos tonight. And, uh, good, good thing. There, there will be some green chili sauce. So I'm looking forward Ooh, to that. So that's, that's what good. we're doing here. We are the Satellite Sisters. Thank you for joining us. Hey, we know we have some new listeners. Mary, singling you out. Uh, you came to us for the Outlander recap. You've stayed. You've enjoyed the show. Thank you so much for discovering Satellite Sisters. Every week we have new listeners. If you need some background on who's who and what's what and what's happening, I suggest just spending a little bit of time at SatelliteSisters.com. There are some, uh, you know, some video pieces there. There's some bios of the sisters. There's some news stories. If you're interested, Mary. I mean, I know that's a lot to ask of a new listener. I know. That's you want her to write a research paper on us? No, I just, you know, I feel like sometimes someone like Sheila comes on the air. That's confusing for new. Yes. Yes, she is. She's confusing to us. And we've lived with her our whole lives. I mean, when you hear her story about how could a half an hour in the post office completely break her down? But if you you have some background material on Sheila, you'll understand that. So that is totally par for the course. All right. So we are going to talk about Outlander today. Don't worry. We're going to get to that. Julie has some Tuesday trends. Uh, I bought a car going to tell you which one. Yeah, bought a car. Uh, But we have some serious news stories we're going to cover on the Tuesday show. Cheryl Sandberg's husband, David Goldberg, died unexpectedly in a weird accidental death. Julie has a story about roommate of the year. And then we have to find out what is happening in Garland, Texas. And Julie is on the ground there in Dallas, Texas. But first, Julie, I I know there's some disappointment about Princess Charlotte Elizabeth Diana, right? Who oh, you mean? What's her name? Princess? What's her name? That's what I'm going to call her. I, I'm so mad that they didn't pick Alice. I well, can tell you, it was never their choice. You understand that, right? It was the people speculating that that is meaningless. It's not but like like naming it after giving her Charlotte because it sounds like Charles. I, I mean, really? Okay, okay. really? Just. Can I tell you this? I don't know if you know this, but um, mom used to tell me that she wanted to name me Charlotte, that she loved the name. Yeah. She loved the name Charlotte, but the dad forced her to name me the stupid name (laughs) Leanne, which had already, which they had already tried to name our sister Elizabeth and it was rejected. And, and so like I could have been Charlotte. So I was very happy to, it's always been a name I've loved because I thought that's my real true name. (laughs) <laughs> okay. to this so name I've been saddled with. <laughs> your inner spirit, you're a Charlotte. Yeah. Yes. I mean, it's a lovely name. It and is. It's a beautiful baby. Yes. But, uh, I, I'm still, I understand still not you. over it. Okay. I'm not over it. I just, I just thought there'd be a world of merchandise with the name Alice on it. And it was going to make this grandmother very, very happy because of course I have Alice as a granddaughter. So there you, you know, have. it but, did make me think too, just hearing the name Diana, it made me think about like what kind of grandmother Diana would have been. She would have really ooh. set the bar fairly high for your your people. <laughs> so, 
<laughs> you think? Yes. It would have been hard to compete with her, just as it is for every pregnant woman now to compete with Kate Middleton. I know. I, I know. So well, anyway. I hope she and the baby, I hope Kate is in her yoga pants, in bed, relaxing, and I hope the baby is doing well. Yes, it sounds like um, it sounds like she's going to take quite a few, quite a bit of time off to be with the kids, which is very nice. But we're moving on now to what what is happening in Garland, Texas, Julie. That whole story about the cartoon contest and the shooting, I, I almost don't even believe it. There's something hoax-like about it. Yet I understand two people are dead, but I just can't wrap my finger, my head around it. What is happening? Well, that that's. I'm glad you mentioned that, Leon, and I'm glad that we decided to talk about this because. It really is a real situation. And as of this morning, ISIS is claiming credit for the terror attack in Garland, Texas. Which is incredible to me. I know. Again, so, that also seems like convenient and fake. I, I don't know how to explain it. No, no just, but it is it is totally real. So there is this organization called the American Freedom Defense Initiative. And for some reason, okay, it seems like a crackpot organization. They put up a $10,000 prize and they were having a Mohammed cartoon contest. And this was in direct response to a pro-Islam event that was held at the same center, the Curtis Colwell Center in Garland, Texas. Oh, really? Oh. In January. So this was... Okay, so if you're, you know, this was this, the American Freedom Defense Initiative was make, trying to make a provocative statement, um, and, and they wanted to respond in a very provocative way to what they perceived were anti-American, an anti-American event that had been held in Garland, Texas. So they, I, I mean, they put up this $10,000, uh, you know, prize money for for something that's completely offensive. So I understand why people around the country think that this is just Texas. It's like some crackpot situation. Right. But you have to realize that the two attackers, one of whom was known by the FBI to have contacts with radical Islam and Al-Qaeda, they showed up at this event in Garland, Texas, and they were in body armor. They had automatic weapons. Now, um, and this, the Curtis Colwell Center is owned by the school district, Leon. And so when the school district got wind that they were going to have this, you know, outrageous event there, they insisted that they hire extra security. So they, you know, they spent all this, uh, the American Freedom Defense Initiative had to put in all this extra security. But these attackers came and they shot one security guard that didn't have any weapons. And fortunately, Leanne, there was a traffic cop, okay, who has not been identified because for his own safety, he doesn't want to be identified. But he was a traffic cop. He was working this off-duty assignment, you know, and he was the one that shot and killed these two attackers, because there were two bizarre story. I know, and there were two hundred people in in the um, the Curtis Colwell Center attending this event, and it was like this one traffic cop. He he was the sole line of defense, and he took them both out. Wow. So that was amazing, you know. And you know, and you know, he is the real hero here. But now, Leon, because this center is owned by the school district. They have like 20 graduation events oh. scheduled to oh, be held gosh. in the center. And oh. so now there's a great deal of concern. You know, the people don't want to, oh. they don't want to have graduation, school graduation programs there. 
because they're concerned about further backlash. I mean, it is, I mean, I, you know, and this organization, you know, is saying, oh, well, this is freedom of speech and, you know, we, we have the right to do this, but it is a very serious situation. So it's not just some crackpots in Texas, the way I, which I know that's what people want to (laughs) say. It's I know that's funny. what know. probably was your conclusion uh, earlier. Well, there was just something suspicious about the whole setup. And it did seem like they were actually asking for this kind I, of response, which right. they apparently, you know, and they got it. And but as I started to hear the details, I did not know the gunmen were dead. So I really yes. thought, like, this sounds like a setup. This There's just something oh. very suspicious about this. And then, the, I, and then I heard that the gunmen were dead. So I was like, okay, well, I don't think you could get anybody to sign up for that gig. But, uh, wow, I just, that's a and terrible And now would situation. you want to go to a graduation no. ceremony no. in that no. no, I mean, I mean, it's, you know, it is now become, they have, you know, created this lightning rod, but the fact, I mean, I think, I think everyone, you know, as of today has a lot of concern that, that now this Garland, Texas, which is a suburb or, you know, it's a, it's a community just north of, of Dallas, that this is now sort of, you know, the epicenter of ISIS attacks in the United States. Okay. Right. I know. I know. I so know. that is. So I'm going to be. I'm going to. I'm on this local right. story. I'll, I'll keep you posted. And uh, it just that was that was one amazing brave cop. Right. Who, again, that wasn't. He's a traffic cop. You know. He's right. not the. You know. This is. And but he was obviously well trained, and he obviously prevented um, the loss of life at yeah. this event. Yeah. You know. It was going to be. It was going to be some kind of slaughter in there. So. Boy. All right. Well, another right. bizarre story over the weekend was the death of David Goldberg, 47, uh, the CEO of SurveyMonkey, but also the husband of Sheryl Sandberg. And his details of that kind of slipped out that he died suddenly Friday night. And then yesterday, the cause of death was revealed that he was exercising on a treadmill. And it sounds like he either collapsed on the treadmill or just fell off the treadmill, hit his head and died. I know, Lee. That, I, it's just... And then apparently was nobody found him for a while. Ah. So that, but I mean, how many times have you been on a treadmill and tripped or, you know, or you're not paying attention or you don't turn the machine off correctly? I mean, it's very, I mean, that is a very common thing to to stumble on a treadmill. So. You know, last just last week, I was working out with a friend of mine who is a trainer. She wasn't training me, but we were just in the pool together. And she was reciting a list of clients that she was working with that had hurt themselves on treadmills. And she said, I'm doing, a, I'm working with a bunch of clients that are recovering from injuries. This one hurt her knee falling off a treadmill. And I said last week, I don't go on treadmills anymore because they freak me out. And, and, yeah. Oh my gosh. I just, I it is my worst nightmare. I emailed you and Liz yesterday when the news came out, like, this is my worst nightmare. Like being yeah. home in alone in a gym, yes. in a hotel yeah. gym. I it just, everything about it. And, you know, I just really seeing the pictures, they have young kids. Oh, it's just, it was very sad. And he sounded like a super supportive partner for her. And yes, you know, yeah. they, she, she, I mean, she talks about him. She said this, you know, in her book, Sheryl Sandberg's book, Lean In, she she said the single most important decision that she's ever made and the best decision she's ever made in her life was uh, selecting Dave as her life partner. You know, that that 
when you talk about careers and you talk about, you know, you know, should you take one job or another, you know, for, you know, Cheryl said that, you know, that it was her decision to marry Dave Goldberg, that that was it. So. And he seemed to be universally well liked in Silicon yeah. Valley, which I don't think is very common and just really uh, a lot of supportive posts about him after his death. But yeah, that was just stunning. And I heard today on the news, there are 19,000 emergency room visits based on treadmills. Really? Per oh. year. Yeah. Jeez. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Gosh. So that is just a super sad situation. Yeah. I think yeah. that's it. I'm off. I'm off the treadmill for good. You know, we <laughs> had a, we had a dad at our school the, uh, like six years ago who was cleaning the gutters and like fell off the ladder and died. You know, when uh-huh. deaths like that, they get to you, don't they? Like, yeah, it's, they it's just, do because you, you know, you realize that life is so short, yeah. it's fleeting. And that it's so stupid, like that's just just a stupid way to die, you know, not, I mean, it's not, you know, we didn't, you're not fighting anything. It's just, ah, it's just a terrible way to die. Terrible way to die. All right. That's a, Leanne, I wanted to end on a happier note and I just saw a news story. I, okay. It made me laugh. I admit it for all the wrong reasons, but, um, Today, there was an arrest was made in South Carolina, a, a very pretty blonde co-ed um, who attends the University of South Carolina. And she is going to be, uh, she is not going to be winning the Roommate of the Year Award because apparently she was trying to poison her roommates. Uh, oh, my God. And she was doing so by spitting in their food that they, you know, in the communal food. And then she, when that was not, that doesn't seem that effective. Oh, well, then she's gross, but it's not deadly. I don't think. Then she started putting Windex in there. So they, and they have, and again, because this is the age where everything is recorded, they have recordings of her spitting and put and putting Windex in her roommate's food. So, but when you go online and you look at this girl, you know, this is going to be a made for TV movie. Uh, You can just. You can just see that. So, what was her issue with the roommates? Like, why I, was she I, doing just, it? Was she just sick? Was she just well, crazy? Well, apparently she had some issues with them and uh, <laughs> their food. She just confessed. She did confess to it when she uh, when she was confronted with um, with the, the video of her spitting and uh, putting Windex in the food. So, but I think she's going to have a big career, Leanne, because she's cute, and they'll make her. They'll make this into a movie. There's a celebrity rehab in her future. Yes, I think <laughs> okay. so. I think so. So, uh, okay, there you have it. I just. Okay. You just move out. You don't have to try to no. poison your roommates, okay? If you're having, like, roommate issues, that's what you do. You, you move out, okay? That's- <laughs> or you just stop talking to your roommate. Just avoid them. Don't be in the house with them. <laughs> Again, Windex doesn't even seem that threatening. I didn't- I, it feels like you would have to drink a lot of Windex to actually... Well, I mean, I, I think, Leon, if you're going to poison your roommates and you're trying to do it over time. Over time. Oh, okay. Yeah, and see, so you didn't want to just, you know, out and out kill them, but yeah. just make them sick and yeah. make them suffer. Okay. That you might, that you might choose. Okay. I don't know. I haven't, I haven't really given much thought to poisoning roommates, but that's, that's, uh, that's sort of off the top of my head. But again, they'll be in a, a made for TV movie. You'll be, you'll be reading about this woman. We'll get all, she'll be in. People or Us magazine, no doubt. So we'll we'll get all the details. Okay. 
All right. Well, I, I have a follow-up story to something I mentioned a couple weeks ago. I was talking about our, our trials and tribulations as we went to go buy a car where we couldn't get anyone to give us a test drive on a couple oh. of cars that we actually wanted to buy. We went to three dealerships, two Fiat dealerships and a Cooper, Mini Cooper dealership and could not actually get a test drive at any of these. And, and the in fact, the salesman seemed shocked that we insisted on test driving a car before we bought it. Um, so I got some a lot of sympathy from that. A lot of people suggesting I just go online or buy through buy through Costco. All good, but uh, you know my husband is a driver. He likes to drive the cars. There's just no way he's going to buy a car that he has not driven. So this weekend, Julie, we successfully bought a car, and you did? Uh, yeah, oh, successfully well, bought another car. Uh, so how our, many? That's that's like you have like six now. So no. Yeah, we have. I we currently have a lot of cars. Uh, you know, we. <laughs> there was there was no trade in. You didn't do any trade in. Well, we are. There's going to be some redistribution of cars. There's going to be some selling of cars. Okay. Uh, okay. So that that is all in the works. Let it be known we own all our cars. So we yes. we we own them. We we don't believe in leasing or financing. We don't buy a car until we can buy a car. So that being said, um, we, and it is a marvel if you go to Leon's house. <laughs> To watch her family in the morning. They're like, I think they're like six or seven cars parked in a single driveway. And it's like, it's like, uh, it's like a chess game. They're like one car goes out, the other car goes in and there's parking on the street. And they, you just rearrange all the cars all the time. It's very, it's, but it's done effortlessly. It, it is. And with great, uh, Great, uh, a great ability to synchronize, you know, where each car should be. Yes. So, we have go. a lot of conversations about who's first up, last out, who's in, who's out. Because mm-hmm. we have a single lane driveway, a stacked yes. driveway in a 1920s house. So that's it. We just, we currently have five cars for four licensed drivers. But don't worry. <laughs> we're getting, we're again, redistributing selling. But here's the thing. So we went to buy, we were looking at the, the Volkswagen GTI versus the Cooper S. This is a car that would ostensibly be shared by my 17-year-old son and myself. But with my husband wanting to buy a car that he wanted to drive also. Okay. So it wasn't that like, seems complicated. Lena. It is. That's a lot of, that's a lot of, um, that's a lot of things to fulfill. You know, there's a lot of different drivers and levels and areas of comfort for, for that to fit all those parameters. The idea is that like my son would drive it for a year or so year, 14 months until he goes to college. And then it would be available for me to drive. And in the meantime, we're going to sell the old minivan. We're going to sell my station wagon. That's 10 years old. And we're just going to consolidate our cars. So, uh, you know, again, years in the making talking about this. So we'd settled, we went, but fun and an excellent driving car. Those are two important things to my husband. And, uh, so, um, and then the other important thing, we were looking for a manual car because many years ago I was at, I was interviewing like a, for an article at Oprah.com, uh, the head of engineering of Toyota. And uh, we were talking about safety and team driving and distracting. And she kind of offhandedly said to me, she said, well, you know what I'd do if I had a teenage driver? I'd buy him a manual car because they can't text. They can't hold a phone and drive a manual car. And Whoa, I, good thinking. Really good thinking, right? So brilliant idea. And you know what, Julie? It's probably been a while since you've driven a manual car, right? Yes. But, Yes. I have always had manuals except this last car. Uh, 
and my son has a manual, my husband has a manual. Like you really have to drive the car when you're <laughs> driving Which is a manual. Not of any interest to me. I know. I, I know. I'm, I'm I'm waiting for the car that drives itself. I know. Okay. No. All right. You have to be fully engaged in driving the car. So long story short, we're looking for a manual car, and those are fewer and far between these days. So this GTI used GTI pops up manual. Uh, six speed, uh, GTI is that, that's a Volkswagen. That's a Volkswagen. It's like the sportier version of the golf. Okay. So again, my husband, not just going to get a golf needs the sportier version. Even though he's not really driving because he has his own car, right? But but he's, he thinks if it's a fun car, I'll drive it on the weekends. So you know, again, he wants to be in the mix. So long story short, he's got to move it in and out of the driveway. Right. So he wants to have fun. When he's rearranging right. the cars in your driveway. Okay, At 4.30 right. in the morning before he goes to work. And we can't leave the cars on the street till after 6 a.m. So there is a lot of in and out. Uh, so long story short, sees this 2012 GTI, you know, low mileage, uh, manual, looks good. So he calls the VW dealership to make sure it's still there. He uses his alias, which is his real first name, James. <laughs> My husband, as does yours, they both go by their middle names. So when we're out in public with people like that, he just refers to himself as James. <laughs> so with people, with people like that, I like yeah. that. It would be like card salesman. Car salesman. People we're never going to see again socially. You know, just and it's a way to separate when they call the house. You know, he's not an actual friend. Oh right, I know, I know. Is James is home? James then, you, then you know, you know yeah. the kind of call you're getting. Yeah. Okay. So yeah. it's not a judgment. It's just we're not engaging with these people on a long-term basis. So we show up. The car's there. So we show up at the VW dealership, my husband and I, because uh, my son has a, a English paper to write. So he doesn't come. But again, we've already seen this car. We've been looking at cars for years. We show up and the salesperson, my husband says, hi, I'm James. And the salesperson looks at the two of us. And you know what he says, Julie? He goes, oh, you're not young. Oh, no, dude, that hurts. That's what he said. That's what he said. Oh, you're not young. No. We're what? Where did he learn that? Did he get that in some salesman school or something? I don't know. First thing you do is offend the customers. And he's like, then he tried to backtrack when he saw like the stunned look on our faces. He goes, well, you know, usually it's younger people that want a manual two-door car, which I understand, but still, you're not young. Thanks, okay. buddy. And yeah, I, I, you have to knock several thousand dollars off the price of the car for insulting the customer. So, That's what I think. Well, we got him back because unbelievably on the VW lot, they had the GTI, which we could drive. And then they also had a Cooper S that someone had just traded in. So we drove. Now that's a mini Cooper. That's a mini Cooper. And the S version is the much stiffer race car you know, sports car version. Was uh, that the one that was in the movie, uh, yes. the Italian job? Yes. 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 Okay. And that's... my husband has wanted one since the first Italian job came out since he was okay. like six years old. He's wanted to own a mini Cooper. But, um, okay. Well, so... I'm, now inv- I'm engaged in this story. Lane. <laughs> yeah. What, what is it going to be? What is it going to so, be? So, uh, so we drive them back to back and, uh, you know, there's not much of a back seat in the Mini Cooper, so I felt good making the salesman sit in the back seat. <laughs> sit in the back yeah. seat. Yeah, cram him in the back. Yeah. And the Cooper S drives like a go-kart. That's what it's meant to drive. It's super stiff suspension, and you can just, as my other son says, throw it into corners. Oh, it's just really fun. So my <laughs> husband takes it on this test drive, oh, and we oh. we get out, and he, like, unfolds himself. The salesman unfolds himself in the back seat. He goes, 
I almost wet my pants. I've never been on a test drive like that. I was like, oh, who's not young now, buddy? Okay. Okay. Good, Liam. <laughs> so, but we ended up getting the GTI because my husband said, this car will make you car sick to drive. That's how stiff the suspension is. I, the interior of the Cooper S, it's not me. I, I like the Volkswagen interior. It has just enough technology so that my son can like plug his phone in, but not so much that it's distracting. He doesn't know how to drive a manual yet, but that has never stopped us before. <laughs> so we're going to, now we have to teach him how to drive the manual. Oh, you're going to have some driving lessons. Yeah. Like so some driving lessons. Gears. Yeah. And so, uh, so we're all set, but then the managers, you know, then they start begging for the tens and the customer service. And, you know, we hope you give us a 10 and everything. And I mentioned the young comment. I was like, well, Where's your salesman you? did say we're not young. I mean, I, and I think I was, I was, I was sensitive because it's the second time last week someone made a similar comment to me. I was at an event. I was, I was emceeing an event last week. I was the moderator and somebody who works at a magazine that I write for, she's a senior editor there, but I've never met her. And she was, I don't know, she's got, I don't, she's like the 30 ish, I guess, tattoos. She was the tattoo generation. So okay. visible tattoos. Uh, and she met me. She goes, oh, wow, I never would have guessed that was you. I just had a very different picture of you in my mind, which <laughs> she clearly meant like younger. Like, Ooh. yeah, I was like, ouch. Wow. <laughs> Man. Wow. I know. It's not easy, Liam. It's your right. older sister. She okay. <laughs> But you keep, you just claim No, to I'm it, just Liam. reclaiming my youth with that yes, Volkswagen Liam. GTI. That's what the car I owned when I was 22, living in Jackson Hole. So I don't care. I don't care, okay. car salesman. Yeah, I'm okay. just going to buy my youth. <laughs> I got it. So thank you very much. We are officially, if anyone would like a 20-year-old minivan, call me. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, we're going to sell it to a friend of my son's uh, who's a film student. He wants it for gear and stuff like that. I so, think you're going to miss that minivan. We are going to miss I it. Know. Everyone it's, in the family has moved with that. I know. That, it's that a minivan. darn good car. It, it it holds a lot of stuff. It is It has been a great car. So that's why we're reluctant to actually give it up. But uh, I, I think a couple of weeks of moving 100 cars in and out of our driveway. We'll do it. <laughs> I know. That's quite a puzzle. <laughs> I, I, I'm, I'm tempted to just come to visit with a rental car just just to see like where you're going to put it it's just it's unbelievable okay i hope i hope you and your husband and your son enjoy (laughs) your car okay i don't know how that's going to work because you're all different ages sexes i i just but enjoy we're all going to enjoy it in our own way like my husband's been driving it for 72 hours we haven't seen it he had to bring his car into the shop so he's happily taken uh the new volkswagen to the office three days in a row so it'll all be good well we'll get colin behind the wheel this weekend to learn how to drive a stick Okay. Well, Leanne, you know, it is Tuesday. Uh, We're moving on to trends. And I have a trend that may appeal to your husband, okay? Because my first trend on Tuesday is here's the next big thing. It's tea time for men. (laughs) Okay. Okay, Just stick with me. All right. I know. I know. Don't lose me yet. Okay. Okay. This is a new crop of specialty tea shops. And what they are doing is they are concocting brews with very obscure tea leaves. They're making like latte style tea drinks. And, but, but here's the thing. These, these shops have an intentionally masculine vibe. I mean, there's one in Venice, California called Gunpowder. Okay. And and they have, uh, instead of baristas, they have tea sommeliers. Okay. Because 
tea requires storytelling. They need to tell you where they get the, uh, the, you know, the leaves from and how they, you know, how they brew it and, you know, the choices. And they think that the tea time for men is going to, uh, you know, it's going to attract the same type of men who like craft beers or like hand rolled cigars or, you know, wine might also be attracted to crafting, crafted teas. So what do you think? I'm not so sure about that. I don't know. I think they're already into like beer and coffee. I don't know if they're going to work tea into their beverage, beverage yeah, see, consumption. I mean, but some of the teas are, you know, are, you know, are, they have one in Venice. Um, it's called a gunshot blend. Okay. So this is different than the bulletproof coffee that <laughs> Sheila was mentioning this past weekend, but this is a gunshot blend and it's made from some Amazonian shrub uh, and it's got, you know, it's supposed to give you, you know, it's very potent and really give you kind of a kick when you drink it. So um, it's still tea, though. I mean, I, it, it's still tea, right? Well, see, that's the, that's what I was thinking. Yeah. I mean, tea is slow, right? Yeah. It's slow. I right. mean, you know, when you think about it, if you go into one of these uh, tea shops, specialty tea shops, they got to tell you about this, you know, first they got to tell you about all the different teas and they have a wide variety of teas. So it's not going to be like ordering coffee. Then you have to make your choice. Then they have to brew the tea. Then the tea has to steep it. And then, and then you have to sip it. So it seems like it's very time consuming. So, which, so. Yeah, already, already you just mentioned all those steps already. I'm out. (laughs) No, it's not for you in your zippy little car. They won't have any drive-through tea places. I mean, you couldn't do drive-through. Oh, that would be. Oh, that would make me crazy. You'd be in that line forever. It'd be worse than in and out. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, but I. I mean, that's. I. I don't know. I don't know if it will appeal to maybe this is millennial men. Um, they, you know, that they're, you know, that they that's want true. just something different than just coffee. You know, mm-hmm. they want to. They want to go somewhere else with their hot beverages, you know, so uh, uh, I just, uh, you know, but look around. Lady. Okay. All I'm right. Sure you have one in your neighborhood. Sure. That's what I'm okay. thinking. I'm thinking you have one. So, uh, uh, okay. Second big trend. Okay. Frozen shrimp. It's out, Leon. Okay. Just back away from the shrimp cocktail. Okay. You know what? Uh, give me the details. I saw the headline. I started to read it. I started to gag and I moved on because- <laughs> I like a little frozen shrimp every once in a while. I like those little cocktail shrimps. And apparently they're just, what, plastic? What is in them, Julie? Not shrimp. Apparently. No, no, no. What they are, they're called the cockroaches of the sea. Oh, okay. Okay. Alrighty. I am sorry. This is a consumer reports. It was a comprehensive study. 342 different packages of frozen, frozen shrimp. Mm-hmm. And they found that 60% of the frozen shrimp had bacteria. Like, you know, like serious levels of bacteria. So, and in many of the samples, a smaller percentage, but some of the samples, also the shrimp had been injected with antibiotics, which of course you don't want. So, so I guess the shrimp were so sick before they froze them that they gave them a little antibiotic. <laughs> to perk them up. Had to perk them up before that. So essentially just frozen shrimp the headlines are frozen shrimp are totally disgusting okay 
And there's nothing I love more than a shrimp cocktail. I know. It's like my one. It's one of my favorite things. Like I know. The cold shrimp, the saucy sauce. Oh, I just love it all. Or so I uh, buy the little shrimps to make like a shrimp bluey salad on Friday night. You know, because they're just a lot cheaper than the other yeah, yeah. shrimp. But now we know why, because they're frozen. They're, they're cockroaches of the sea. That's it. Julie, when did I, you see that post on our Facebook page when you mentioned the guinea pigs eating yes. guinea pig? And yeah. just someone just posted that picture of that adorable guinea pig. I Don't know, do it, Julie. I know, but that, uh, it's, the guinea pig uh, discussion is go, it carries on, Leon. <laughs> Some people are like, when in Rome, you've got to do this. That's okay? true. That's a personal I mean, choice. Is- yep. And then, you know, this is the national dish of Peru. Do not, you know, don't be, you know, don't be, ins- you know, be open, be, right. you know, be, you know, be aware of where you're going. Uh, and uh, we even have a video of Anthony Bourdain eating uh, <laughs> guinea pig. I love that show. I love his show. <laughs> I know. It looks pretty good. It looks, it looks like spare ribs. I think okay. except for the little, except for the little feet. But I'm not, I'm, I, but so I don't know how. And I and I don't know how you're going to tell if you're getting fresh shrimp versus frozen shrimp. You know, I mean, I guess. Well, I guess if it. I guess I'll just never buy those little shrimp again. You know, and then it really. Yeah, has or to even be those shrimp. big bags of shrimp. Right, I know. Frozen shrimp. You know? I like having those on hand just for a quick dinner. Oh, no. It really bummed me out this headline. Okay. So because I enjoy shrimp. Mm. Okay, well, we're just all. I wish we all lived closer to the Gulf. Where's the best shrimp in the world? I know. Lynn. I know. I miss. I miss good shrimp. All right, Julie. This we didn't have this on the list, but I just you talking about food and trends, and I noticed a couple of things this weekend in the in the paper about like Mother's Day gifts. You know the usual, a lot of perfume ads. You know, buy your mom some mm-hmm. you know makeup with a special bag included, flowers, jewelry, the usual things. But I noticed two marketers were really trying to sell mom on unusual gift ideas. One was like buy your mom a recliner, like. <laughs> what? what is that? Just that's just seemed like really a stretch. And then the other one was a big ad from Honey Baked Ham. Buy your mom a ham. She doesn't want a ham. For, she's going to end up having to cook that ham. Our mom, our mom would have liked a Honey Baked Ham <laughs> for she Mother's Day. Her. No, it's uh, uh, moms love ham, but I don't think I don't. That's a grocery item. You cannot <laughs> gift a grocery item. Right. Let that be known. Like three years in a row, I got coffee from my husband, nice coffee for Mother's Day. And finally, I had to say, this is grocery shopping. Okay. I can just go buy my own groceries. I know it's the thought that counts, but I'm done. I'm over the coffee as a gift. Just (laughs) so feel the same way about ham. All right. And speaking of ham and food. Okay, so Pat uh, on our Facebook page said that she saw a documentary called City of Gold, and it's about mm-hmm. our Pulitzer Prize winning restaurant critic Jonathan Gold here in Los Angeles. And um, I, it was meant to be a very good documentary. Pat said it made her really hungry and gave her a new appreciation for L.A. Thank you, Pat. We appreciate it. And I said, Pat, I have this funny Jonathan Gold story. Do you remember a couple years ago when I mentioned that we went to this literary event in Pasadena and it was to raise money for Lit Fest Pasadena and it was on a Tuesday night, like a rainy Tuesday night. And part of like the readings, the poetry, the grooviness was grown men like reading their poems and their essays while young Nubile women took off their clothes and danced around them. Do you remember (laughs) You remember yes, when I, I do remember like, this how shocking this was in Pasadena, like yes. shocking and wildly inappropriate and like just sad, just overall sad. Well, Pat, now that you've seen Jonathan Gold, 
I mean, he looks like a bigger, hairier, fatter Jerry Garcia is the only way I just would describe whoa, him. Whoa, that's and he like generally like w- he wears like tie dyed shirts all the time. So he was reading like a 2000 word essay, which takes a long time to read about food. Okay. <laughs> In his full Jerry Garcia look while this naked girl danced around him. And it was just so uncomfortable for all involved. And yet said so much about that generation of like Berkeley slash Woodstock men. Like that's what they think of It was like hair. It's like he was reliving the musical hair. But he was not like an attractive 30-year-old Jesus. Okay, that was not happening. I mean, it was just, even my husband was like, that was pathetic. So, I mean, it was just such a statement on where those men of the 60s feel what feel like they deserve. And this, it went on. It was excruciating is what I would say. So, Pat, there you go. That's my story. That was I told that story in there five years ago, but I don't think I mentioned it was our Pulitzer Prize winning food critic, Jonathan Gull. So now every time I read his reviews in the L.A. Times, which are fantastic restaurant reviews, like you want to he really makes food come alive. He is an extraordinary food writer. But all I can think of is that like writhing girl (laughs) just has made me lose my appetite so there you go pat i hope i've ruined it for you now too um all right we're off to our outlander review i just want to remind people of a couple things i don't know if we'll be doing a show this weekend julie speaking of mother's day it is mother's day it's mother's day yeah yes yes uh do you have plans you're gonna have some festivities gonna be brewing some coffee yeah you know i usually in the new car i've yeah i found that um Unless I specify, like, let's do something in the morning, like, things don't happen for a while. Yeah. So I have specified any any activities must be done pre-noon because I don't like to wait till 6 o'clock at night to celebrate Mother's Day, right? It's a morning event. Yes, so I think there may be some brunch. And then I've just asked my sons um, to to go with me to Pitch Perfect 2. That's my... <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. It opens the next weekend. I loved Pitch Perfect. I'm so psyched for Pitch Perfect too. So I thought, just don't get me anything. Just don't make me go to the movie alone. And I just want to go. So, uh, and last year when Brooks was on his gap year, we must've watched Pitch Perfect like a hundred times together. (laughs) Well, that sounds like a lovely mother-son thing. That's what we're doing. What are are you doing? Well, I'm going to be receiving phone calls and cards. You know, we've had two back-to-back big family weekends, uh, both with our trip to Austin and then uh, the first communion weekend. So I think this is going to be more low-key. Good. Uh, But uh, but again, I, um, you know, I will be receiving cards (laughs) and phone calls again in the morning, morning hours. And of course, I think, you know, for us, um, for the Dolan sisters, we also... You know, having uh, it's always a time that we think of our own mom, right. mom who has passed, but um, it was also her birthday, um, always around Mother's Day. So um, I think I'm going to be spending some time thinking about mom too. Yeah, That's, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Doing that. I know. Last week I have to, it made me laugh, Julie. I was thinking, you sent Colin off to the prom, you know, and I was telling you about how lame he was, but <laughs> ultimately, and, and all boys were. Um, but ultimately, when he went to the prom, he looked good. He was in the suit. I had bought a Banana Republic at the Goodwill in Connecticut. Uh, it had tail 
trailer to fit him. And then um, as as he was going off, I noticed that he had some static cling on the on the bottom of his suit. And he was wearing, you know, those happy socks that the young kids like. There's the cute, yeah. colorful socks, which mm-hmm. I think are really fun. I like that for boys. And uh, it was the Brit. He had flags the british flag were his socks basically but it was a static cling so all of a sudden in my mind i realized oh i have some static guard and you know me i don't buy things like that <laughs> like i don't exceed in laundry i i i, I rarely you have many talents land many many talents but i don't think you have any interest in laundry no. And or I, fabric care or anything like that. No, yeah. like I, I just don't. I can't explain it. But so I got out the static guard and I sprayed him and it worked. And he left and I'm standing there holding the bottle of static guard. And I realized like, first of all, it looks like it's about 100 years old. And secondly, yeah. I realized this was mom's static guard. You <laughs> yeah. know, when we cleaned out our parents' apartment, yeah. you 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 have all these categories for things and some stuff goes to family members and the Goodwill and better antique stores and things like that. But the, I ended up with all her cleaning products and my yes. and laundry and her extensive collection of laundry products. So it's been two and a half years since her death, but I still have like her bleach pen and things. That's good. I That's so good. I realized, oh, mom was there for Colin the night of his, his prom. She was there. She It would have been important to her that there was no static on his suit. And she made it. It's a static guard. Made me laugh thinking about it. Way to go, mom. All right. Way okay. to go. Way to go. All right. We are going to talk about Outlander now. This is our recap. Sister Sassnatch is what we call it. We've been doing this for both seasons of Outlander. This week's episode was called The Watch. Yeah. And Julie, this week's episode was really a study in domesticity, wasn't it? You really got a sense of how cold and damp it must be to live in Scotland. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't you think like there were several moments throughout the episode where Claire's just standing there and you can read her mind like, what the hell am I doing here? Why do I live? Why did I choose a world without central heating? Yeah, I know. I know. There was, there was a lot. It was a slow burning tension to this, uh, to this episode, Leah. Yes, we had but two. But of course, go ahead. I had to like, I have a sort of a pre-Outlander uh, prep, which oh. is. I have to turn the volume way up on my on my on my television set, and I sit very close to the TV because I, I find some of the accents very difficult to get some of the finer points of the dialogue, land unless I am very close to the TV and it's very loud. Okay. Yeah, I think this week's episode in particular, it was called The Watch, and uh, it was their dueling storylines. Um, First of all, there was the watch storyline and just as best as we could make out because, Julie, I agree. I think the guy who uh, who was the head of the watch, I understood maybe 30% of what McCoy, he said. I think it's like, McCory, I, I was like, what? What are you talking about? And I couldn't understand any of McCory's men. I didn't know what they, what were, they saying. were saying. It is a problem. And so this is what I gleaned from the storyline of the watch. Okay. okay, this is basically a group of thieves that's marauding through the country of Scotland. They, they kind of appear to be sort of pseudo official, but they're really just thieves. And we've seen them before in season one of Outlander and earlier episodes that they come and they demand payment and money and they burn people's farms and occasionally they kill people. They're not good guys, but they have some of the sympathy of the people because they, at least they're not British is from what I could tell. So, uh, the, a group of, of 
men from the watch show up. They are familiar with Jamie's brother-in-law, Ian. Uh, and it becomes to be known over the course of the episode that they now understand Jamie's past. Um, he has a price on his head from the British. The Redcoats want him. And this group, the watch, is just the sort of group that would turn him over for the money because that's the kind of guys they are. So they start to blackmail Jamie. Uh, oh, yeah, one, and that's the Irish guy. The right? Irish He's guy, like, right. Black, with another kind of accent. Right. You know, like the Hollocks, I think, was his <laughs> yes. name. He's the blackmailer. Yes. You know? I was like, oh, brother, I can barely, I, I couldn't get McCory. Now I got, now I got another guy. Okay. Right. So he shows up. He blackmails Jamie. He's going to turn him over to the watch. Jamie gives him all his money. He doesn't have very much money to give. They want, he wants more money. Then Ian, the brother-in-law, comes and just stabs the blackmailer through the back, which was dramatic, really. Yes, it was. Yes, it was. Uh, you know, because uh, we don't have any indication that he, they've both been soldiers, Jamie and Ian, but, um, and he said, we haven't killed anyone since the war. And then in like 12 seconds, they're like, oh, well, <laughs> let's bury him. But then <laughs> it's clear that the head of the watch also knows who Jamie is and then starts to kind of blackmail him. You've got to come out with us. We're about to rob these group of people. Uh, Chisholm, okay, the Chisholm clan is about to get robbed. And uh, they want Jamie and Ian. Uh, they want Jamie on the team and Ian volunteers to go along. And the whole time you're thinking, why are you doing this? But he feels like he has to because they promised not to turn him over to the British and, and uh, the head of the watch makes this big deal. I would never turn you over to the British. I've rotted in a British prison. I would never do that to you. But of course he does because, <laughs> because they're led right into a trap and Jamie is taken by the Redcoats at the end of the episode. Uh, Leanne, do you, I have two questions about yeah. that whole trap thing. Yeah. First of all, do you think that um, the trap was uh, was set up by that Irish blackmailer, yes. uh, Pollux, that he had tipped the British off to the fact that Jamie and these other uh, other bad guys were hanging out there? Yes, I okay, think that so. was, yeah. I think the, the Irish guy that they killed ultimately did him in anyway. Yes, okay, I do. Okay, that was my first question. The second yeah. question, I was wondering, Jamie had kind of a wistful look on his face when he decided to go ahead and ride along with McCory and his men. Do you think that was in any way because he had just learned the news from Claire that she might not be able to have children? And while he was very comforting to Claire about that in the moment, he also had a super sad look on his face. Yes. Like, like maybe, you know, you know, why not go fight because, you know, I'm not going to, I'm not going to be able to have, you know, uh, children. I know it was, I thought that was a very tender scene actually yes, when, it, yes. when, you know, he feels bad that he doesn't make enough money and she feels terrible. She didn't tell him that she, she believes she can't have children because she and her husband <laughs> from another century, <laughs> let's okay. not mention the time travel. Uh, she and Frank in 1940, uh, tried to have children and they couldn't. And that was very tender. So yes, he did seem to have this. Oh, it's great to be out on a ride in the freezing rain. And, you know, I, I can't come. Then then the leader of the watch mentioned several countries that I couldn't understand. <laughs> okay. We could go okay. here and here and here. I don't know what you're saying. <laughs> <laughs> right? Subtitles would be very helpful. That's uh, I would I would be in favor of that. Okay. <laughs> I mean. I didn't know what that guy was saying. And I have good ears. I can usually I know, I get know. everything. I, I didn't. I really was having a hard time with that guy. 
So it was very wistful. But then our other storyline, Julie, is the birth. So that's why we have child's birth going on. We have Jenny, Jamie's sister, is is goes into labor. And, of course, the midwife has been called away. Of so course. Claire's got to jump in. And the two of them have kind of like a prickly relationship. It's not, you know, it's not super warm and sunny. It's friendly, but all of a sudden they're going into this very personal, uh, very difficult situation. The baby is breech, of course, because that's the law in literature. It's never an easy birth. But again, and when Claire started to have, or when Jenny started to have, when Claire started to manipulate Jenny uh, to get to turn the fetus around, I thought I was going to go into Braxton Hicks <laughs> contractions. Okay, because in my mind I was thinking, "Oh no, this is going to be what this episode is about." They're going to show us the whole bloody thing. Okay, <laughs> we are going to see the childbirth because this is the Stars Network, and every other episode of Outlander, I have been knocked to the floor by what I've seen. So that I was just totally prepared for a very graphic birth. (laughs) That's true. Julie, last week we had the full on wiener shot and this week we did get to see the pregnant woman's bum. Like she was, she was doing some natural childbirth there. They were, they, she was standing up, down on her knees, squatting from behind. I thought that was a weird position that she finally gave birth in. But I, I know, but the crawling around on the floor in the castle, I guess that's childbirth Scottish style. I know, on oh. the straw. Well, that looks comfortable. I mean, okay. Line of the episode is when Jenny says, pregnancy, no drop in the heather. Yeah, no, that's about right. That's about right. <laughs> so, but we do see a lovely bonding scene between uh, the two sisters-in-law. You know, that at the end, uh, um, Jenny gives Claire her mother's very unusual, like, bone bracelets that I yes. think can be used as a weapon that said... <laughs> And I think for a later episode. Yes. No, those were very high style. Yes. And I love it that she had a big belt of scotch before, uh, before <laughs> the contractions got really strong. So that was, that well, was, do good. you blame her? I mean, honestly, <laughs> I, I, I mean, really, it's just, it is extraordinary when you think about childbirth without any kind of pain medication intervention, yeah. like how, how painful it was painful enough, how painful that must've been, you know? Yeah. Even if you have natural childbirth here, you're getting usually some fluids and stuff. You're you're getting a little of something somewhere along the line. You're or not afterwards. crawling around on a stone floor. Yeah, with the hay. Yeah. With the yeah. hay. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> but she delivered a healthy, beautiful baby girl named Margaret. Maggie. And uh, clearly Claire had some longing there, was very interested in the little girl. And there was a scene where Jenny's like, oh, you'll have your own baby soon. But Jenny doesn't know that Claire believes she can't have children. And they're both waiting for their men to come home from the watch. And only Ian comes home. And that looked like quite a trip, hopping home. (laughs) Yes, he did. I I know. He only has the peg leg and he lost the peg in the battle. And so, the horse. Yes, that was that, and his horse. No. Yeah, that was that was a long trip. That home. was a long trip home for him. And uh, and Jamie, of course, has been captured by the redcoats and taken back to uh, we presume Jack Randall. So I mean, those two cannot get a break, can they? No, never. <laughs> I, I mean, know. And, 
I, but I will say I, I, I really have come to like and respect Jenny uh, as the, the character and as the sister. I think she seems like she'd be a good friend. I yes. mean, she really stuck up for Jamie. You know, she described him as the cousin when these uh, robbers first showed up at their place. And, you know, she really uh, she was a strong girl during uh, during that uh, pregnancy and childbirth. I mean, she knew it was going to be rough. You know, she had to rely on her sister-in-law that she really didn't know that well, you know, uh, and and then and she just did it, you know, so good for her. So I, I, I like Jenny. And, and and then there was that very tender kiss goodbye that Jamie gave to Claire uh, yeah. in like that magnificent backlit um, <laughs> scene, <laughs> just really getting his jawline exactly right in the can yes. exact right angle in the camera that was a good scene there was no swimming this week sadly no, but there was no. that backlit kiss so that was totally worth it but now what's going to happen now we're going to have to go back there's going to be more threats there's going to be more interaction with that creepy jack randall well i i you know claire is going to you know she's going to go out looking for jamie I, yeah. she just has to you know so well she uh, literally has nothing to lose i mean there is no heating in that house there's no hot showers it's like right. this point why stay why, why stay why? so i mean did you see them doing the laundry for god's sakes that looks terrible so. now i i wrote down laundry looks fun exclamation <laughs> marks when i was watching it but i did notice land they had beautiful um pewter tableware uh, yeah. at the castle you know very nice table settings mm-hmm. that even though the laundry was a little primitive that they really could they jack you know the uh, their table settings were lovely um for even for those robber marauder types so okay all right so next week i think there must just be a couple episodes left this season but uh so next week there's definitely going to be some action jamie uh you know claire's going to go back in and get jamie back um come hell or high water apparently so that looks good <laughs> high water's good land that may mean jamie will take a swim yep. when they showed the wheel the spinning mill wheel i was like oh we're back at the mill pond all right Hooray! I just, I'm just so happy we didn't see, uh, you know, the actual breach, breach birth because that's, <laughs> that is... I was totally bracing myself for it, Leanne. I really, I felt woozy. <laughs> All right. Uh, you can always find us at SatelliteSisters.com. We have two Facebook situations you can be a part of. The first is our, our page. You can just like our page. We post over there. And then the second is the Facebook group. You can ask to join. Uh, and, you know, if you're a real person with real friends, uh, we, will, <laughs> we, will, we will approve you willingly. We love having new people join the Facebook group. There's a lot happening over there. Um, at, at Twitter, we're at Sat Sisters, at Sat Sisters. I'm at Leon Dolan. And Julie, you're at Julie Dolan Smith. Um, what else is going on? Anything? You have any big plans for the week, Joel? Uh, no, I don't think so, Leon. I think, uh, I, again, I'm still on, I'm working on my Peru trip, going to Machu Picchu. Oh, that's Pichu. right. Okay. Yes. Yeah. 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 Oh, yeah. Okay. Trying to make the decision to Guinea or not to Guinea. <laughs> so I'll, I'll be back in touch. <laughs> All right. We're the Satellite Sisters. Don't forget, call your Satellite Sister. <laughs>